0: Hey, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast here on the studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bono's show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's show and you can see us there anytime. Uh, also, you can email us if you have questions for the show at uh, Coach Bono show at gmail.com. Today is episode 76. I'm sorry, 97.5, <laughs> where the other number came from. Um, and as always, on the point .5 pod, back to how we used to do it. I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach bonus podcast, the token girl. She has great legs and even greater mind. My co-host Ellen Wingenter. Edub, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Bo. How are you? I'm doing all right. I uh Thanks for coming in today. We're doing this a little bit early, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Right now we're recording, and I have not put the last pod out yet. So this is interesting. Got to get that edited here in a little bit and get that out. So Friday we'll have uh, Uncle Rico and I. And today we're not going to do any game uh, stuff. Um, If you listen to the pod recorded with Uncle Rico, we did all the NFL stuff uh, for week one as well as a little preview for that before that week. Hope you guys go back, listen to it, enjoy it. Um, we try to keep it short, and that way we weren't babbling for three hours about one week of football. So <laughs> uh we we cut that off. We we did cut it off pretty well, staying within a good time. We're going to do the same thing today. We're gonna to put ourselves in a little bit of time keeping here. Um hey, I today we're just gonna to have of to jump around a couple of subjects I think are interesting in sports. And we've been yeah. texting about this. Um, one of the things We talk a lot in sports about, like, the greats, goats. We hear the word goat. And you know me. I hate that term, the goat. I hate it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a greatest of all time in anything. Um, It's all subjective in my view. But I was blown away by something the last couple of weeks. Um, I have never really been a big tennis fan. Mm-hmm. my wife has gotten and you know jen she's gotten into yeah. tennis the last couple of years she plays a ton yeah and she started watching tennis a lot more and, and, and spending time with her i started watching sure for the last maybe the last year or two and i spent a lot of time watching the u.s open this year yeah i spent a lot of time early in the year at the like australian open uh even though it's late at night i'm up late so that I, that's a good one for me and then i watched the u.s open when i Really watched. Um, I enjoyed Coco Golf, first off.
1: Yeah, Cocoa she played Golf great,
0: is incredible. She's Jen's favorite. Um, and I'm rooting for that young lady. I hope she just I hope she kills it for the rest of her career. Mm-hmm. She seems so sweet too. I just yes. I you can't help but cheer for that young lady. But the thing that overwhelmingly was just in my face was the greatness that is Novak Djokovic. Now To be fully transparent, I killed Novak Djokovic on this podcast for a very long time during COVID. Oh, we both did. Both did. We were all over. We didn't agree with him on not getting COVID vaxxed, everything else. I still don't agree with him, but I set that aside. And I watched every match he was in the U.S. Open this year. And I watched every point of every match. And I will tell you that there is something that I saw. First off, I knew that I, I knew he was gonna win this tournament. I mean, I bet on it. It was like he's gonna win this tournament. He's the best player in the world. He's probably the best player. I mean, again, that's subjective. You could say him, you could say Nadal, you could say Pete Sampras. It's very subjective. Federer. Federer, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, they're they're up there. And you think about that. Um but with Novak, what I what I really admire, and I even saw more of it in this tournament, is how there is no time off in the match. I'm going to give you an example, and uh, and we're going to go from here. I think it was in the quarterfinals. He was in a match. It's the second set. So he wins the first set, and he wins pretty big, six three like or six or six two, something like that. In the second set, he gets his serve broke, and now he's behind, and he gets behind 5-2. So when you have a set lead in a five-set match, and you're down 5-2, and you just got broke, now the opponent's going to get to serve, a lot of times you will just not let them win, but you're not going to put your best effort out and conserve energy and say, look, this guy got me on this set. I got three sets to win two. Mm-hmm. And go from there. That is not what Novak Djokovic is thinking. Instead, he broke it. it's 5 3. Then he wins it's 5 4. Then he broke him again, it's 5 5. Mm-hmm. Then 6 5, 6 6. Go to the tiebreaker. Novak Djokovic wins the tiebreaker.
1: Now, mm-hmm. five
0: games to two, he comes back, wins the, the set, ends up sweeping the sets, so wins the third set, going away. And it was the mental hardness, I mean, to just be able to to buckle down and say, you might beat me. I may not be the best on this day, and you might beat me. But if you beat Novak Djokovic, you have worked for it. Yeah. Only person I could think of. You brought up somebody when we texted about this a couple days ago. The only person I could think of like that, as I said the word, it was Mm Jordan-esque. And so I was talking to Jen about it because, again, she watched more tennis than I did, and she says, that is Novak Djokovic. Mm -hmm. You may beat him, but if you beat him, you're not going to beat him down. Like, he's going to make you earn it. Every point, every – I mean, every match, everything, every game, every point, it's – you're going to have to beat him. You're not gonna catch him on a bad day, and he goes, Well, it's a bad day. And I think in sports, we see that often. We're even the best player. We go back to last Thursday. The Chiefs are playing and they don't have Travis Kelsey. And Patrick Mahomes had the the sully face for the second half of that game. Like, okay, boo-boo faces I call it sometimes. Where it's just like, hey, look, I ain't got it. They're a better team than us today. We can't, we're not going to win this game. So let's just not get hurt and move on. And that's easy to do, especially at a high level. It's easy to do,
1: especially with team.
0: Yes. Well, I think it's really hard to maintain the focus, even in an individual sport like tennis or golf, you know, a baseball player at the plate, you know, or, or pitching. It's hard to maintain that focus. Every at bat, Every pitch, I just don't know that we see that. Now, I think your point to the the team thing. It's harder for a team player because the team around you can bring you up or it can bring you down. Yeah, and that's something happened to Patrick Mahomes ten days ago. Yep. I don't think it's a knock on who he is. Like I think he looked around and went, "Look, let's just not get anybody hurt. We're not going to win this game now. It's okay. We got fit. we got sixteen more." But I had a great admiration for what I saw. And again, the only thing I can compare it to was Jordan. And after winning the championship, Novak Jokovic unzips his jacket. He's got a Kobe Bryant t-shirt on. Yep. Um, And we heard the term the Mamba mentality. Mm -hmm. I don't really care. I'm not a big Kobe guy. I'm just not. Um, And I do think there was something to that mentality. You know how that is? And that's what I'm kind of talking about. Yeah. Kobe was one of those that had that in most moments, but there's also games like you said. The team sport's a little harder, yep, because you got other people around you affecting that. But I couldn't think of very many. You brought one up though. Yeah, um, uh,
1: yeah. Immediately, uh, you got to go back to Tiger because when he before you know 2009, when things started slipping, yeah, it was you were going to get eaten up. Unless something was severely wrong with him, yeah. And then he comes back and wins the U.S. Open on a broken leg. I mean, it, it's pretty hard to say that he he wasn't a grinder. And you know, for whatever else he plays, he'll probably try to. But he, I mean, he just won't be at that form ever yeah. again.
0: Yeah, and and I think you brought up a pretty good point earlier about the, the team players, and it's like it's hard. It's even harder there. Yeah about the Tiger thing and I was thinking about Tiger and Jordan and Novak and I was like Serena Williams has it. Yep. And it's like it's that mentality of if you're going to beat me it is going to take your absolute best on every single play. And I have a great admiration for that. And the reason being is that I talk about this as a business owner. Look I'm the only person in this office. Mm Mm-hmm. I have people who help me with things and and resources by to group. But day in, day out, I run this. And there are times where you have lapses, where you say, I'm not going to work as hard this week as I did last week. Yeah. I need a little mental break. Mm -hmm. I have a great admiration for those who can keep grinding constantly. Especially in the face of huge success. Yeah that they can keep that grind. And that's what it reminded me. It kind of inspired me a little bit. I've been kind of working work-wise been going through a grind lately where I've been working a lot. And I've -hmm. been doing a lot of extra work and working later nights and earlier days and longer days. And I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to have to work my way into a couple day break soon. And then I started thinking about that. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Maybe I don't need that break, you know. I i have a vacation company in November. I already know about that. So I think I was like, okay, well, I got that. But I that mental grind, and in it's when you have to grind to make ends meet, to make sure your kids are provided for, to make sure you can eat at night. And most people we we know who have to go through that grind, that's a real thing. And I have a lot of admiration for folks who have to go through that. And so you have to keep a sharp mind to keep, keep going with that. And it gets, it beats you down.
1: Well, and I think while you can admire it and have space for it, you also have to have those breaks just like any professional athlete does because it can break you. And I mean, you're seeing it more and more, especially in professional Mm -hmm. sports that people are willing to talk about it. Yeah. That it is admirable, you know, it's the longevity is probably something to me that is bigger than anything else. I mean, you talk about Tiger, Serena, Novak, they've they were all in their sports for more than 20 years, winning at top levels for 20 years. And I mean, to me, that's even that's that's the thing. Is yeah. that it's sustainable, whether you want to throw um, you know, LeBron James in that, given yeah. his scoring title and all that kind of stuff too, that it's it's the grind over the long term.
0: Yes. So I was talking to Jen about this a couple nights ago, mm-hmm. and she mentioned LeBron because mm-hmm. I said something about Jordan. And we all know, look, I'm one of those people that thinks that LeBron is every bit the player Jordan is. Um I said, I don't put LeBron in that category with Tiger and, and Novak and Serena. Um, and again, through with the team thing, mm-hmm. but I think also the things like load management in the NBA, yeah. the things, um, you know, Jen brought up Tom Brady. Yeah. And I said, here's why I don't include him. He was very wishy-washy his last few years about, you know, Am I in, am I out? I'm half in, I'm half out. Sure. These people, like Novak, like Jordan was, mm-hmm. like Tiger, like Serena, they're never half in. And yeah. that's that's different than that mentality. I'm more apt to put Kobe in there than LeBron.
1: I mean, and you you could even argue with Jordan when he retired and switched yeah. to baseball. He was fully committed to baseball.
0: Yes. And, and, yeah, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that for a minute. But, um, yeah, but you're right. When he, when he, and that's the thing is, is that once these people, it's a, it's a part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Once they immerse themselves in it, they become even more successful in whatever that endeavor is. Like, and I guess this is where I would kind of put Kobe Bryant into this. Had Kobe still been with us, mm-hmm. could you imagine the beast he was going to be in business?
1: Oh, I mean, he was already getting there and whether he would expand into coaching with women's sports with his daughters yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I, I mean, I would imagine that he would have gone into ownership for a WNBA team. Yeah.
0: But I, I could see, you know, that mentality. I know they call it the Mamba mentality, but I mean, it's not just, it's not a new thing with Kobe. You right. Know, it's something, you know. Another example of it. It's against an individual sport and a much older player. Jack Nicholas was one of those guys. I mean, look. If you beat Jack, you brought your best game to beat Jack. Mm-hmm. And then he got into business after after, after golf. Yeah, and with he, the
1: design work and everything. Design
0: work and he threw himself into everything. He made a couple of bad investments. Sure. Cost him a lot of money. But this is a guy who, again, anything he put himself into. And I just have a great admiration for people who can do that because I can stay focused for a certain period on things. Mm -hmm. And I have varied interests. You know, I I used to coach Mm -hmm. my business. Um, You know, there's things that I enjoy doing. You know, I have a collection of things that I do. And, okay, I can stay focused for a little while, but there's come a time where I have to decompress. And I don't jump into projects and just go, "Okay, I'm all in." Like I kind of have to see my way. I kind of wade my way into the water, like at the Mm -hmm. beach. You know, you don't dive into the water. You you wade your way out there a little bit, and nothing's wrong with that mentality. I, I just I'm cautious, but I have that great admiration for people who can throw themselves into something. And and especially once you have success. Yeah. And to still be able to grind when you don't have to. You know, Novak Djokovic does not have to grind at 36 years old.
1: No, he's richer than you could ever imagine. He doesn't have to do it for the money.
0: Yeah. You know, Serena is now, Serena's 40 now. You know, uh, she, yeah. Yeah, I like, think she turns 41 this year. Yeah, she doesn't play as much anymore. But if Serena Williams wanted to play, Every week, in every tournament, she could throw herself back into it and do it. I have no doubt. Well,
1: and, you know, she made next season, but she was pregnant, had a kid, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, again, I just, I was taken aback, and I just, and I, we, I think there was a lot of talk of, you know, there was, because the football season starting, we had week one of the NFL, is the same week the U.S. Open ends. Yep. Yeah, so there wasn't a lot of coverage of Novak Djokovic and again I watched the championship, round, championship match I watched most of it I should say because I missed the first half of it. So I was mm-hmm. watching football study came home and Jen was watching so I watched third set half the second set and was amazed I mean just that constant constant focus and I watched every other match all the way through yeah I sat at the office one day turned it on right before the match started I couldn't get any fucking work done yeah Because for two hours, I was hypnotized watching this guy just grind. Mm -hmm. it's like, he's so much better. And even when you're physically dominant, he still does not give you, not even an inkling of hope. No. You're going to beat him. And I just, I could only think of, at the moment, all I could think of was Jordan. Like it was, you know, if you beat him, you had better be on your best day. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's so rare, and we've only seen it with a handful of athletes. We see it more in those kind of those in those um, those individual sports. Yeah. But I was thinking about it in terms of baseball, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, Shohei Otani is great, like fantastic, otherworldly great." And I'm going, even he doesn't grind every pitch, every yeah. bat, every batter he faces. And maybe it's the nature of the game, but it's also the mentality.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mentioned you, Cal Ripken Jr., because people would argue with that. Yeah. Longest active playing streak.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think there's. So I, I when we we're talking, you mentioned it beforehand, and I was, I was thinking, I, I think you're half right. I think he's mm-hmm. half right. They're playing every day, but you Know it's like okay, was he at tippy top level? Sure, and that's where I would it's a little bit different, but yeah. but I do see where you're at. But that you got to grind to play 2,100 consecutive games, yeah. I mean, that's a that's that's worthy of being mentioned in that category,
1: and um, so I don't o-
0: disagree with you 100% of that. Yeah. Sure,
1: the only other two that I can really think of, and again, they're individual sports. So you think of somebody like Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky, um, both. Who just as swimmers have, you know, felt dominated for the years that he was competing. Ledecky dominates now, and you can't beat her during any kind of mid or long distance race. She'll just yeah, kill you.
0: yeah it, it it's it's amazing to watch. We we've got to become spoiled in this twenty four hour cycle of everything that we live, mm-hmm. Social media, TV, everything. We can get access to anything. Yeah, we really don't. We need to appreciate more when we see greatness. When you for see sure. through greatness, we need to appreciate it. And again, I was someone who killed Novak Djokovic for two years. Oh yeah, we're off the for, off the court. I never doubted who he was on the court. I just said, look, for two years, I didn't like this. That's a personal thing. That's who yeah. I like. You know, but I was. I think it says something about myself. You know, say, hey, I'm willing to put that aside. And watch this guy be great, that's pretty special. If I ever get the chance, I'm going to have to watch him play. Yeah. I'm going to have to do this. sometime. I know Jen saw him a couple years with the US Open. I'm going to have to go. And that couple years, she did not see him because he, he didn't get the coach shot.
1: Yeah. She went last year, it,
0: right? Yeah. So he went there last year. Yep. So um, a couple other things I want to jump into. Um, this is going to be kind of fun. I'm wearing my Boston Red Sox polo right now. You know, I joke a lot that, you know, I've always wanted to be a general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Job is open. I'm just waiting for the call. You know, <laughs> and they give me a call here. Chain Bloom gets fired by the Red Sox, the director of baseball ops. Um, and I'm going to talk about this because I'm the Red Sox fan. And this is my dream job. Like if I could have any job in the world, this would be it. the executive yeah. in charge of baseball for the Red Sox. I, I would do such a good job. I would have done a better job than Chainville. I can guarantee you this. Had I traded Mookie Betts, I would have got more than what I got what he got for him. Yeah,
1: I mean, that certainly seems like a, an awfully sweet deal for the Dodgers at this oh, point, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, I think that he was, there's a great article in The Athletic. I shared it on the Coach Bono's uh, Facebook page. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a great article in The Athletic that said, Jane Bloom was done two seasons ago when he traded Mickey Betts. Yeah. That no matter what, and it made me think of something I heard. I think it was Money Jones said this once. He was talking about the Mookie Betts trade at the time, and it was actually earlier this year also when there was talk of an Otani trade. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, well, you get these prospects back, and you have this tremendous upside on these prospects. And I would challenge somebody. Like, I can only think of one trade where someone traded the player and the prospect ended up being better than the player. And that was the Red Sox trading Jeff Bagwell to the Astros where they got Larry Anderson, the relief pitcher mm-hmm. traded their number one guy who was Jeff Bagwell and it'd be a hall of Famer. Yeah. But those trades always work for the team getting the big name player. Oh Yeah. I mean,
1: I, prospects are just that. They're
0: um, prospects. <laughs> and, you know, when Chain Bloom, I guess he claims he was told to trade in no the key bets. Um, But when you get Alex Verdugo, Connor Wong who's played fairly well. And Alex Verdugo is an everyday player for this. I think he starts in the right field now. But then they got the, the the guy in that trade was supposed to be Jeter Downs, the second baseman. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting released this year outright. Plays for only a few weeks for the Red Sox. Was in double A AA and triple A the rest of his career. Um, he has since been released, picked up by somebody else. I think it's the Nationals, but I may be wrong on that.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: but he... That was the centerpiece. Was It was supposed to be... And the Red Sox should have known. If you were trading a player away in the Red Sox organization for someone named Jeter... Right. And it wasn't Derek. Yeah. You... Um, You've you lost that trade. I wouldn't yeah. trade a Mookie best for Derek G.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see both what Boston and the Yankees do in this offseason, both with front office and personnel. I mean, them, the Mets, the the New England teams really just shat the bed this year.
0: Yeah, in, um, and I think the Red Sox had the same expectations the Yankees and the Mets did. But I do think that – the Mets have made it clear – they're not changing any of the upper management. Mm-hmm. That they, they think that was one of the players. And, the, and what snake, snake bit the Mets was in the WBC when Diaz, when Edwin Diaz got hurt. Sure. When he tears his Achilles in the, in the WBC, and it's like, holy shit, that was not only their closer, and maybe the best closer in baseball, but also he was the energy of that team. Yeah. The spectacle of him coming out and the the Tommy Trumpet stuff and everything else, it set this like early stage precedent for them. Yeah. The Yankees are interesting. You brought them up. At this point, Brian Cashman's seat's got to be getting kind of hot too. Uh, You'd think so. And, you know, there's a lot of talk that they want to get into the free agent business with Shohei Otani, but they're going to be way over the luxury tax already. There is nobody taking that bag of balls um, contract that Gene Carlos Stanton has. It's the worst contract in baseball right now for a guy yeah. who's less than 200. And I, horrible. Watch him to up being a Red Sox. God. <laughs> uh, if he ends up a Red Sox, I'm just going to lose it. Uh, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Because I, the Red Sox made the first move. With fire in their do
1: Yeah.
0: Could the Yankees do the same thing? I think they might. Um, they, I mean, they've had Brian Cashman for a generation now, so I don't know this one's as likely. But um, it'll be interesting what directions the Red Sox go because the way it's looked for the last three or four years, going back to 2019, the year after they won the World Series last, mm-hmm. the Henry family and, and – um, John Henry is the majority owner of the Red Sox. It's Henry Roush Racing that actually owns the Red Sox. Okay, Um, and they own the Red Sox, and they own Roush Racing, and they own um, they own one of the EPL teams over in over in in the the oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, and they and there's talk about them buying an NBA team at some point. LeBron's part of that team. Yeah, yeah,
1: LeBron
0: has like a ten percent ownership in it. Um. But they have been more about for the last five, last four years, more about the turnstiles, mm-hmm. and the TV contract money, and everything else, and not being the big budget Red Sox. That was part of the Mookie Best deal Was they got, they were able to throw David Price into the deal, and the Dodgers paid the $96 million. Right. The Red Sox didn't have to. That was part of the thing that's kind of not talked about that the Mookie Best deal. It was actually one of the smart things Bloom did in that deal. But, again, you trade the best player in the history of your franchise. Best all-around player in the history of your franchise. Don't get anything back for it. And that kind of wrote his ticket. So I would tell you there's a great article in The Athletic. and We shared it on the Coach Bono's uh, Facebook page. I'll share it on Twitter this weekend as well. If you're interested in that, check it out. Um, we're getting near the end here in baseball. We've got, like, three weeks left. Yep. Races are getting tight. Your Chicago Cubs. I don't want to curse them, but they're all but in.
1: I know, but they also dropped two to the
0: Rockies. It's true, but they are three ahead of the, as El Rapo would say, the plethora of teams behind them.
1: Yeah, I mean, Four what? Four teams
0: battling for one spot.
1: How how in far back trip. are they from the Brewers now? Uh, let
0: me look. I thought it was three, maybe it's four. Let me look.
1: I wasn't sure if the Brewers dropped any games.
0: They're four and a half back of the Brewers. They're five so, games in the loss comeback.
1: Yeah. Um, so. You know, they look solid. We went to the game on Monday here in Denver. They've got their pitching rotation pretty much down, although there's some weak spots. Their bullpen is good. Their bats... Yeah. Are phenomenal right now.
0: They're Um, timely hitting. Timely hitting. It's been the deal for the Cubs.
1: And the thing of it is, is that I don't get worried when they're down the first 30th game. Like they continue to grind as a team at the plate and we'll get the hits to get runners on. So, I mean, hell, Bellinger, the last two months, he's just been hitting lights out since the All Star break. Yeah. It's been great to see. And hopefully he'll he'll get NL comeback player of the year. Um, But yeah, I, you know, it's just who are they going to end up getting in that wild card?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you figure if they, right now, as it looks, the Cubs again, four and a half back in the division. So they're, they're, but they're second in the wild card race. They're two and a half games above the Giants, the Reds, and Diamondbacks. And then a half game back of them is the Marlins. So you got four teams battling for the last spot. Maybe one of those teams gets on a run and play and plays back up toward the Cubs. But I, I think it's hard for the Cubs or Phillies to not be in. You know, yeah. The Phillies are four smooth. They're four ahead of everybody there. So you figure that they're pretty much in. I'm pretty much penciling in the Cubs right now. And then Giants, Reds, Diamondbacks, Marlins – it's like four teams, they're all the same team. There's yeah. nothing outstanding about any of
1: them. No.
0: Um, the Reds have the best young player in Ellie De La Cruz. Yep. It's phenomenal to watch you play. Uh, the Diamondbacks have, okay, so Ellie right, De La Cruz is the best athlete, the most athletic player, most complete player. Mm-hmm. But have you seen Corbin Carroll from the Diamondbacks?
1: Uh, yeah. Because unfortunately, the Cubs keep losing to them too.
0: <laughs> that guy is going to be a perennial All Star. He's going to be in an MVP conversation at some point in his career as well. Uh, yeah. he's be the Rookie of the Year this year. He yeah, I,
1: The Cubs are are down in Arizona um, yeah. for their next series, so it's yeah. should be a lively one.
0: Yeah, if they get they get runners on in front of Corbin Carroll, those runners come home. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of runs, and he's a smart plug. You talk about being down late in the game. I've seen three or four times in the last month and a half where the Diamondbacks are down in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Corbin Carroll's the first or second batter and he either gets on base or drives in the guy in front of him that gets on. More yeah. than likely it's if he's the first guy up, he just gets on base. He either draws a walk, gets a base hit, something. Or if he's the second one, okay, there's one out, but he starts a rally. Um I did listen to an interview on Mookie Betts' podcast. He had Corbin Carroll on. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good interview. Uh, Mookie's better interviewer than I thought he would be. In um, that one, you can see kind of the mutual respect. And I really bought in on Corbin Carroll. I, I, I'm going to be watching him for a long part of his career. Nice. But Diamondbacks locked him up. They bought a couple of his arbitration years out. Uh-huh. And they have him on a seven or eight-year deal at like $20 million a year. Wow. That's... Yeah, they signed him like right out the gate this year. Like He came in and played from the get, beginning, and then a month and a half in the season, they're like, we've seen all we need to see. Let's buy him out of his deal and buy those arbitration years. And that's how the, the players get paid on that deal. Is right. They want – yeah, they'll give up a couple of years of free agency if they can get more money on those arbitration years. Right. Which is good for them. For sure. Getting, they're not deferring everything out to the end. So that's – and the Rays were the first group to do that. They did it years ago with Evan Longori. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I remember seeing that. And then we saw the Astros do it with Alex Bregman and um, and um, Kyle Tucker. And now we've got Diamondbacks have done it. A couple other teams have done it with players as well. Um, I would assume that L.A. De La Cruz is going to get that as well with the Reds at some point. And your guy, you're talking about Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, yep. the Cubs, has played himself into a big time contract,
1: and he's free agent after this yeah. year. So he,
0: he was free agent last year, coming off an MVP season two years ago. Yeah, didn't play well in 2022, and it was a little banged up. Yeah, he, he had that shoulder
1: field. issue. Yeah. So
0: goes to the Cubs on a one year deal. Has proved he's every bit the player he was in 2021, and now he's going to get paid. I hope he stays a Cub. I do too.
1: I really hope they invest. They've got a good core of dudes especially on the infield. Their infield core is tremendous Um, and having Belly out there in center is just super, super nice.
0: Could you imagine if the Dodgers had kept him?
1: It's one of those things though that the Dodgers just spend so much money. It's just kind of like, eh.
0: Even they couldn't afford to keep Bellinger and Seager and have Freddie Freeman and Bluey Betts the same lineup?
1: Yeah, no, I mean that would have been a heavy load. If you kept
0: those, two, oh, my God, imagine how good a team if they kept those two guys.
1: Yeah, but you can't afford.
0: No one can afford that. I mean, right. I mean, if Bill Gates owned a team, he couldn't afford that. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that would be yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to be interested in here to see what happens in the in the next few weeks um, in the wild card in the, the in the American League side. This is becoming like a like crazy now. Um all of a sudden the Tampa Bay Rays got hot again. Um they're not only one game back of the Orioles, the Orioles were five up about 3 weeks ago. The Red Sox and the Yankees are tied for last in the American League. He's still above 500. Both of them are one game above 500. They're splitting the header on Thursday against each other. Tampa or uh, Toronto, who would come into the, the season, I picked as the world series champions. Um, and so they'd win the American league has fallen back into the wild card. And they're now nine games up in the wild card while the Rangers and everything that's happened out West has gone crazy. The Astros are now the favorite new in, in the West. They're ahead. The Rangers have come back. The Mariners had a 20 win month in August They've come back to the pack, regressed to the mean. They're the third wildcard team with Toronto a game and a half back. Everybody else is out from there. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Guardians, the Angels. We talked about the Angels a couple weeks ago with their problems. I'm interested to see if the Jays catch the mirrors, if the Rangers can stay in this thing. The Rangers just lost Max Scherzer for the rest of the season. Yep. Best pitcher on the team. They've gotten killed on injuries this year.
1: Yeah, it's been tough.
0: And But I like the guy in the dugout. I like Bruce Bochy. They're going to stay in games because they have. Um, but they don't get the, they're not getting the timely hitting they were in June, July, and early August. They're, come, they're regressed back to the mean as well. Um, not quite as exciting, the wild card race in the American League as the National League. But here's the thing is that you look at it and you go, okay, well, as of now it will be the Rangers and the Mariners. Let's see, it is those two. Even if it's Toronto, those yeah. three teams—they're going to play a one-game playoff for the last spot, and or the, the go for from there. Yeah. Um, when you look at it, and you look at it, and you go, "Well, wait a minute," you, you don't want to count them in as a legit threat to win the whole thing and go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. But in baseball, anything can happen.
1: It can. I mean, we, you're we hitting. The,
0: we saw the Nationals win the World Series two, uh, two years ago.
1: Yeah, well, and it's just you're at the end of a 162-game season. Bodies are hurting. You've expanded your rosters with unproven guys coming up from AAA, and some of them are going to, you know, do awesome. Yeah. I mean, hell, the Cubs brought up uh, a good left-hander, and he's been doing great on the few outings that he's already been out of. But, you know, it's just like any postseason tournament somebody can catch fire and just run through. That's completely unexpected.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, on the, on the cover, you talking about Crow Armstrong?
1: No, uh, uh, Justin the guy with glasses.
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah. I do know who you're talking about. I can't believe his name he's um, like
1: 25 years old, just got called up, uh, at the end of August, uh, Won his first outings, seven solid innings. Seems like a really good dude. Okay. Just from in-game interviews I've I've heard with him.
0: Yeah. Um. I did see where they called up Pete Crow Armstrong, who is their number one product. He's actually an outlet, yeah. And I haven't seen him play yet, but they just brought him up. It's You mentioned the roster's expanding. Now you've got all the, the prospects are coming up. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the teams that, and you know this already, but the teams that are out of it are outplaying the kids.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I was watching Red Sox game a couple nights, didn't recognize by half the players. So I was like, oh, okay, I heard about this name. He's been in Triple A and Double A half the, most of the season. I
1: what mean, is, that's what the entirety of the Rockies yeah. <laughs> roster is at this point, more or less.
0: Remind me to tell you some of the Rockies and stuff that I found. Okay. Offline. It's a memorabilia thing. So, yeah. I think I might have found Ellen a birthday a Christmas present.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, so inter- baseball is interesting. We got three weeks left in the regular season, and it's going to come down to the wire on these wild card things, especially National League wild card. Um, and the other thing, you know, I was, you know, I've been high with the Dodgers all year. I know you hate the Dodgers, but you notice what happened to not last weekend, weekend before, the Braves went out to L. A. Took three out of four from the Dodgers. Good. And the Dodgers, I, I was watching one of their games earlier this week. And I get when teams play the young kids, mm-hmm. but I don't understand. I was watching two nights ago, and, you know, again, the Dodgers are still trying to play for home field advantage. They're not going to get it now. They're seven games back in the Braves now. But I was sitting there going, why is Chris Taylor batting third? That guy's awful. Like, I said it on Twitter, on the Coach Bono's Twitter. I was like, and, like, some Dodger fan was like, you know what you're talking about? I was like, no, I watched almost every game. Like, this guy is a one-man, um he's a one-man um, rain delay, and he's horrible. I mean, he's, he will kill any rally you have. Okay. bad in third. I was like, what are you doing, people? Just don't give him more at-bats. Put his ass on the bench, you know? And I guess it's because they don't want to get people hurt. They want to get people arrested. They want to give J.D. Martinez a rest and Kike Hernandez a rest, and I get it, but I want to see Mookie Betts get some more, get, some, get score some more runs. <laughs> All right, real quick, I'm going to ask you this thing. We've got three weeks to go. Acuna or Betts for National League MVP? I'd have to go with Betts. What? Yeah, I'm going down. I'm biased. I would admit my bias. Mookie Betts my favorite player? Now, Acuna has done something no ball player has ever done this season 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases.
1: Yeah, and he you also know.
0: leads. He's also ahead of Mookie Betts in batting average, and they are similar in RBIs. Go ahead, I cut you off. I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, I was just gonna, you know, he did get rushed on the field here at Coors Field, so people trying to get selfies with him.
0: You know, he he handled that really well. He, yeah. I, I'd have punch, punched somebody done that. That was him.
1: Yeah, man, I, it would be pretty wild to see dudes coming at you.
0: Yeah, um, I'm 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 looking at some of the stats here, the leaders and stats. So Ronald Acuna has 66 stolen bases, leads all of baseball. Uh, he's always the leadoff hitter. Betts is the leadoff hitter of the Dodgers. Acuna also has 199 hits, and he's hitting .332. Betts Betts is hitting .319. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betts is ahead of him in home runs, ahead of him in RBIs. Betts is the first leadoff guy in like 15 years to have 100 RBIs. Which says something. You look at seven, eight, nine in the Dodgers lineup lately. Yeah. Like, oh man. Um, yeah i I do think Acuna going to win it when it's all said and done. I did say I would flip my vote to Acuna uh-huh. because one thing from here, if Acuna gets to forty home runs, he's that's fair. Cur- he's currently at. Let me make sure I get the number right here. He's at thirty-seven.
1: So it's easily attainable. Yeah. Over three weeks.
0: The reason I say that is that any time you go 40-40 and you're also nearing the league lead in our batting average, right? you're the best player of the league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's only been four guys who got 40-40. All of them should have won MVP. I mean, and I think Okuna is deserved. He doesn't get the 40. He ends up at 39. That's not 40-40. I'll give no,
1: that. but the likelihood of him not getting it yeah. before. The end of the regular season is probably small.
0: Yeah. And then, and Betts has been hot and carried the Dodgers for the last couple of months. Uh, when I was looking at the, his stats, let me get this pulled back up. Um, the other thing I'll take Betts over Akuna on is that Betts plays more than one position there. Yeah. With him having to play second base so much. Right. He's played second, he's played a little bit shortstop, but now he's playing second base like three times a week. Yeah, and Hayward Pitt plays right against lefties, which is really smart to do. They get the yeah. extra bat in there against the lefties. Hayward hits the shit out of them. Yep, he's not a, a huge drop off. Uh, he's not a he's not a detriment in right field. No, put Mookie in the infield. He's phenomenal. Mookie's currently at thirty nine home runs. He doesn't have forty yet. He's at one hundred and three RBIs, um, which is by average he's hitting 312, Akuna's at 330. So, and in OPS, which is the one that everyone looks at now, um, it's Akuna and Betts one and two. (laughs) So it's, yeah, Uh, Matt Olson's, I'm sorry, it's Akuna Olson, Betts. Tight race. Yeah, so I'm interested in there. Um, Okay, Fun baseball thing. I just read this this morning. We talked about it real briefly. Have you watched the Savannah Bananas? You know, I, I've just
1: watched the clips. I haven't right. sat down and watched a game, but I love their vibe, their ethos, and um, would love to go to Savannah and watch them in person. Seems like a really good experience.
0: Yeah. So for those who don't know, the Savannah Bananas are an independent team, and they were bought. There's it, it a great story. I will find it, and I will share it through our Facebook and Twitter this weekend. Uh, there's a great story on real sports with Brian Dumble on, on HBO last year. RIP Real Sports. <laughs> what's that?
1: I said RIP Real Sports.
0: Yeah. Did he, did he get canceled?
1: Uh, they decided to end after this year.
0: Oh, okay. One of the best shows. Like, it's like the 60 Minutes of Sports. It's great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, There was a great report of how that happened, like how the Savannah Bananas went from being this minor league baseball team to this independent... They are basically the baseball version of the Globetrotters. Yeah. And they go and play exhibition games, a whole different style of game. Um, They travel throughout the country. They came to Kansas City earlier in the year. I did not get a chance to go see them. Um, But they play this... It's an entertaining style of of, of baseball. It is the Globetrotters, in a way. Um, The Hall of Fame has decided... The Baseball Hall of Fame has decided to honor... The Savannah Bananas, and they're gonna have an exhibit in the Hall of Fame about the Savannah Bananas and their contribution to, to the sport in the current this current generation. Yeah. Um, they're playing a game this weekend at Doubleday Field, which is the field adjacent to the Hall of Fame. They sold the sixty five hundred tickets in just a matter of a couple of hours.
1: No, oh, not surprising at all.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a really small ballpark and it's a the ballpark is a majorly sized field. I mean, but sure. it's uh the park itself is um they, they host you know like, like um college league age guys like the the woodbat people will play yeah. tournaments there um they always have exhibition games with ex-major leaguers there and ex a uh, hall of fame yeah the
1: old timers games and yeah.
0: stuff and then that's where they have um not the induction ceremony but the the Ford Frick Award every Hall of Fame year that's where that's awarded Okay. I got to go to that a few years ago when Bob Costas got it. And And uh, that was, it's a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I, I'm back to the Savannah Bananas. They're getting a display in the Hall of Fame, which I think is really cool. And if yeah. you know, the, the story about it, and again, I think the real sports story is the way to go to find out more about it because it's a husband and wife who own this team. Mm-hmm. They mortgaged everything, literally. Like they invested every dime they had. They met at a Savannah Bananas game. Oh, fun. Um, the husband worked for the bananas. Mm-hmm. The wife worked for an opposing team. They were visiting and playing the game. They mm-hmm. met. She ended up moving to Savannah. And then they bought the team when it looked like the team was going to go into some kind of forfeiture. They had lost their agreement with their major league partner. Yeah, and now the bananas became their own thing. These people bought it, and they decided, how do we get people to come to a minor league game? And so they said, we're gonna make it fun. Yeah. Um, before they got married, they were again. They were the people who were like the the owner, the the, the main owner, the, the gentleman. He, um, I wish I remember their names. He's also like the PA guy. Okay. But it's different than like the guy who sits in the booth and says, now batting, you know, yeah. Sniff. Uh instead, he's like an MC. He's walking around the stadium doing stuff. He mm-hmm. actually proposed to his wife during one of the games. Nice. Which is really kind of cool how that all worked. And the bananas are fun. I've watched clips of them. I have not watched a full game. And it's not about winning the game. They no, don't no play a full game. It's it's supposed to be a seven-inning game, mm-hmm. but it's a hard out at two at two hours.
1: Yeah, and it it really is about the fan experience, and it's something that, you know, we all know that the MLB needs something along these lines to continue to bring in younger generations and get some excitement back in the game and get away from some of the stodgy, unwritten rules of baseball that are just plain annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, the idea of the unwritten rules of baseball are tired. Yeah. And it's... Um, yeah, what it is now? It's but I the bananas are really cool. Um, again, they're kind of like the globe trotters. They travel. They have games in Savannah, obviously, but the majority of what they do is Barcelona And the opponent they play is kind of like the who is the team that the globe trotters play? Is it the, the, the generals? Uh, I can't even name. tell you. They never won. Yeah, the bananas always win. I mean, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. But yeah, I, I want to check the game out. We we need to find a game either when they come near Denver or Kansas City, you and I go.
1: Oh, that would be a ton of fun.
0: Well, that would be we and I think you and I'd have a
1: blast at that game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Right, we both love baseball. And then the deal of that would be even funnier. Um, all right, last thing. This is the last topic we're gonna do. Um well, I want to get into Coach Prime. I, I wanna. All right, we, I want to talk a bit about what happened with Jay Norvell, Colorado State, here in a minute. Um, let's just say this first. Okay, so Jay Norvell took a shot. He's Colorado State's head coach. Yep. And he, this week is the big rivalry game, Colorado versus Colorado State. I'm going to read this quote. Um, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. This was Jay Norvell talking about Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Yes. And um, Coach Prime ain't having that. Uh, Here was one of his replies. This is what he told his team. I'm minding my own business, watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out of here and be the best coach that I can be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that they said about us once again. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off and get our job done on Saturday. But when you give us ammunition, they done messed around and made it personal.
1: Yeah, um, good friend of mine who's a big CSU, season ticket holder, let me know this morning that they have now made uh, no glasses, no hats, shirts up at CSU that are being sold. Of course, the game is in Boulder on Saturday. Everyone and their mother is there. Uh, Pat McAfee doing a show from Boulder as we speak. Uh, they're televising the game at Canvas Stadium up in Fort Collins for free so people can go see the Rams get uh, annihilated um, they also have Ralphie Burgers on sale on campus in Fort Collins. Uh, Ralphie being the the mascot yeah. for the CU Buffs. Uh, so, I mean, CSU is having a lot of fun with that, but they are going to get their ass handed to them royally yeah. tomorrow. And it's not even going to be close.
0: They're between 23 and 24.00 point underdogs.
1: Although Benger did point out too that the last five times that they had played with one of them being ranked, the rank team has lost.
0: Yeah, well, here's why I cannot give any credence to that whatsoever. Who were the coaches of those teams?
1: Oh, I didn't even bother. It wasn't
0: Jane Norvell and Dean uh, and Coach Brack. No. So I again I throw those kind of out. It's what the same players, what the same teams. Uh, yeah. No. No. Yeah, I just. It, that's one of those like stats someone points out when they want to uh try to sway you to their side of an argument. Oh yeah. That it's means absolutely nothing.
1: When when you have no um no chance at all in winning, yeah. it's the the glimmer of hope that you hang yeah. on.
0: Yeah. Uh all I can think of in my head right now, when I think about Colorado State, I'm thinking Vince McMahon's theme song. You got no chance in hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's <laughs> You know, my brother and his family live up in Boulder. My oldest nephew is a freshman at CU this year. Uh, I texted my brother last week. I was like, "I hope you guys plan on staying home." You've got Fox High Noon um, for their third week in a row televising from um, Boulder. Of course, yeah. game days in town. McPhee is doing his show today from yeah. Boulder, from campus. Yeah, there's so much shit going on in Boulder that all. I have a friend who is going up to the game and she was asking me if I knew people that were tailgating. I was like, I don't know, man, I'm just staying a hell away. Cause it is going to be a mess. There will be things set on fire, regardless of the outcome on the Hill. Um, Boulder is going to be wild.
0: Yeah. So the, the funny part to me on the whole thing is uh, it is going to be wild. This is the first time that big noon, uh, big kickoff Sunday or Saturday and game day are the same place.
1: So this was the thing that surprised me last week when they announced that game day was going to Boulder.
0: Yeah.
1: Because gonna- people had tried to tell me that this had happened before, but I wasn't sure. Cause to me, it seems really fucking wild that the primary college game day shows would ever want to be in the same place.
0: Yeah. Well, it surprised me on the Fox side. Granted, they've got the call. So the game's going to be on Fox.
1: No, it's on ESPN. Okay, ESPN,
0: you're Fox. right. I'm sorry. But next week, this is why I thought it was weird is because it's next week. I want to make sure I'm right on the time on this.
1: Because Penn State is their big noon game yeah. tomorrow.
0: So next week, Colorado plays at Oregon. Correct. That game is on ABC. Um, in two weeks, back in Colorado, they host USC. Yep. They got a number thirteen team in the country next week. They got number five team in the country next week after that. It's like okay, wouldn't you have one of those for either game day or? Big noon kickoff. There's not a big, big game this week. Tyler Jones brought that up when I was on his podcast two nights ago. Um, There is not a big matchup this week.
1: No, I mean, CSU is a shit matchup as far as television goes. High noon has been there for three weeks going. Fox has been there for three consecutive weeks. Granted, they showed the CU game the first two weeks, and that was their high noon game. But you have never heard of game day being at the same spot twice in one season, much less three
0: consecutive weeks. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. There's not a lot of big games. I guess that's the most. I mean, it's got the rivalry game this week. There's not a lot. We're not talking a lot of games this week. It's just not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, like, the last non-conference week before yeah. conference schedules start. Yeah. So and we
0: do see some conference games. There's no, like, big matches. There's no Ohio State matches. Yeah. Um, like, the biggest one I can see is LSU's playing Mississippi State. Um, you do have some non-con games in there. Tennessee's in the playing Florida. If, if Florida was any good at all, everything would have been moved down there for years. Yeah. Florida's I mean,
1: not good. KU is playing Nevada and they we've got the West Coast schedule so the game isn't until 8 30.
0: Yeah. And is it? Did you see with 28?
1: 28.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's I and mean, Nevada's not good. I know that. I watched Nevada a couple weeks ago. They're not good. They aren't. Um, I still don't have that much confidence in the Jayhawks in anybody by 28 on the road.
1: Well, and they come back to KU next week for BYU. Yeah welcome to the Big 12, BYU. Um, you know, I would be curious. I It's doubtful, but, you know, I, I think if game day were to come back to Lawrence this season, it would definitely be, I don't know, maybe if they're undefeated against Texas, although that game may be in Texas this year. It's at
0: Texas, yeah. For KU to get at KU, it would have to be KU-K State if both teams can win out. But both teams play Texas between now and then. Yeah. Um, K State's really good.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: they're solid. I, I said something to Tyler about this. I want to watch K State play Texas. K State will give Texas everything they want that game. Yeah. Um, they beat Troy last week. And people will say, oh, that's just Troy. But um, Troy
1: was up early.
0: They are good. They are athletic. They have good football, but they put players in the pros every year now. And if you remember last year, K-State had a game against Tulane at K-State. Lost that game. Yeah. And I was one that killed them. I mean, everybody was killing them for losing to Tulane. Now, Tulane ends up winning 12 games, beat USC in a bowl game. Yeah. Um, but Troy is in that category. And for K-State to handle their business and to play extremely well against a talented team like that um, – it's going to be – they're going to be a better team than people think. Um, i want to pull up K-State's schedule here. play Missouri this week, and they're going to throttle Missouri. Like, it's, it's not going to be close. I know they're only five-point favorites. Um, that is my pick of the week, by the way. Okay. I will gladly lay K-State's five points in that game. Um, you know, be responsible. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm spreading it around on that. Um, but, yeah, K-State's got the next four we have Mizzou, UCF, Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, those are both road games. They host TCU. Mm -hmm. They can beat TCU. It'll help to have them in Manhattan. Then they host Houston, who is not as good as Houston was last year or the year before. No. Then they go to Texas. That could be two undefeated teams. Yeah. And then the last three cases it has is Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State. There's a chance... The K State eleven and one, totally. Yeah, um, I'm super impressed with them so far this season. So, um, and then I look at Kansas, and okay, they beat Illinois, which we said last week. If they beat Illinois, we know they're good. Yeah, and they manhandled Illinois. Like I know that game was only an eleven point game at the end, but if you watch the game, yeah, you know that Ku manhandled. I mean, yep. It was not a, a good look for anybody. They got Nevada. They should win this week. I yeah. think they'll be a favorite against BYU. They then have Texas, but they'll be 4-0 when they play Texas. I mean, they're going to lose to Texas, but, but KU is going to keep that game somewhat close, I think. And you have UCF, Oklahoma State. You have Oklahoma coming to coming the to Lawrence.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Iowa State, Texas Tech, K-State, Cincinnati. There's a chance that KU is sitting at nine and three. It's yeah. Like season. I have bets on over six wins. I feel really good about it right now.
1: I have a bet on them winning the big 12 conference.
0: Yeah. It would be, you better have got some good odds because I don't know how anybody's going to pass K-State and Texas right now. Oh,
1: Oh, I'm sure. Let Let's see what those odds were because I just it had didn't heavy ball. Heavy all of the knots. Let's see. Open. Uh, plus
0: forty three oh five. Okay. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting with the KU thing at the end. Of this. what did you award your odds? What did you find out?
1: Uh, forty three oh
0: five. So. Four thousand
1: three hundred and five.
0: So you have forty three to one odds.
1: Yeah, they uh, before the season open, DraftKings had a twenty three percent profit boost that you could take on any bet. So I went ahead and took that. Yeah. So Um, could be nice.
0: Let's let's thank the DraftKings people for a second because um, first of all, they're a great sponsor of the Coach Boto's podcast. Don't forget to use our link in the show notes. You will get $100 in free bets right now. And they are running promos literally every weekend um, for NFL and college football. You can get free bets. You can get free, um, what do you call it, Um, um, boost game parlay. You also can get a couple of- The no sweat bets. The no sweat bets. That's what I was looking for. The no sweat bets are back. We're getting them right now on Thursday night football, Saturday in the college football, and Sunday. I even got one for Monday night this past week. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Look, that's one of the great things about DraftKings. We're happy that they're a sponsor and proud to represent them here at the Coach Belinda's podcast is that they do so much for us with the extra stuff. The um, you know, giving you a little boost in your odds on the same game parlays, giving you the no sweat bets. We always say, keep it safe, keep it simple. Um, you know, again, check out DraftKings. The link in our show notes. You'll get hundred dollars in free bets with your first deposit. Uh, check them out. Remember, if you have any problems, to dial one eight hundred Gambler, and um, that way they can help you if you have a gambling situation. Um, like we always say here, it's tip money, folks. Just bet yep. with your tip, somebody. Don't go above that. Play with your head that above. Um. So uh, the Coach Prime thing, I want to go back for a second on this. We got sidetracked yeah. in Big 12 football for a minute. So we saw, you know, the Norvell, you know, said something about Coach Prime. Colorado's going to get the hell out of them this weekend. And, you know, I stopped calling him Deion Sanders. I'm calling him Coach Prime, just like everybody else is now,
1: Including reporters. <laughs> yes.
0: So I, I was talking to someone, and I'm not going to say who, somebody we both know.
1: Okay. Um, Okay.
0: And this gentleman said he hates Coach Prime. And a lot what he of hates is the he thinks that that Coach Prime is drawing the attention away from his players. And I argued one that is absolutely not true. Shadir Sanders is being mentioned in Heisman talk now. Yep. When he wasn't even on the on the blip of the screen a month ago. Yep. And that person replied, well, that was his son. And I said, Well, look at what's going on with Travis Walker and uh everything going on with the, with the team. I said, These players are getting notoriety all around right now. Yeah. And yeah, Coach Prime is the the conduit for that. But how is that any different than Nick Saban? How's that any different than Kirby Smart? How's it any different than, than Ryan Day? Um Lincoln Riley. They're building a program.
1: They're building a program, but I I will say to that person's point, Grimes' personality and persona is and was and will be much bigger than any of the other coaches that you mentioned on a standalone basis, just for what he accomplished as a professional baseball and football player and who he has always been in the public spotlight. So I have no doubt that some people think that he continues to showboat just like he would do on the field, but he's earned it.
0: Yeah, here's what I will say in Coach Prime's defense: two things. First off, that dude's a grinder. Dude, he he was when he was in college. You know, he he kind of created the prime time, uh, yeah, the mentality that that a character, if you will, that no. It, what it did was it brought attention to him. and It brought attention to him because he wanted to make as much money as he could as a defensive back. Mm-hmm. Back in the early 90s, no defensive back isn't for Ronnie lock making money. Um, and he wasn't running lock, He wasn't a safety. He was a corner. He's also, frankly, just a better athlete when he was younger than most everybody. Um, he brings it to the NFL. And again, he drew attention to himself with the Falcons. You know, he had the, the famous, this is my house, when he went back to Atlanta with the 49ers and the Cowboys. And, you know, famously went from the Cowboys to the 49ers um, to when they were battling back and forth and the 49ers couldn't beat the Cowboys. Yep. Dion goes to the 49ers, they beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everywhere he went, Deion Sanders made his team better. And I do think he's the best cover corner of all time. I don't think he's one of the best five defensive players of all time. Um, but what he did as a coach, you can say he created another persona, coach prime. And that was something this person also that he didn't like. He said, well, he has this thing. It's not really him. And I went, well, wait a minute. Here's where I'm going to forgive him again. He's trying to build a program, whether it's at Jackson State, or Colorado, or wherever he ends up next to he goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And he's building that persona because that's what those kind of players want to play for. It's a recruiting tool. It's a recruiting tool. And I am Brian O'Connor. Now, you've known me for a long time. My name is Bo, my initials. But I'm Coach Bo to a lot of people. And so when I brought that up to that person, I said, well, wait a minute there's a whole segment of people who don't call me Brian. Yeah. They call me Bo or coach Bo. How is that any different than coach prime? That's this person's point. He was consistent. At least it says, I don't like it when they call you coach Bo Cause you're not a coach. anymore. And I was like, I'm not actively coaching, but I coach people every day. Sure. In my business. And he was like, well, yeah, but isn't that really a persona? It was like, Kind of like this is the Coach Bo podcast. I'm a little different on here than I am day to day. You know, I can be more excitable here than I probably am in the moment at times in my personal life. But sure, I, I I just well I don't begrudge Dion and or Coach Prime any of this. This guy loves football. He loves the kids that play for him. You could tell he loved football the moment he quit playing, when he started a youth program mm-hmm. in Dallas, which became very successful.
1: Yeah.
0: He did all the stuff on NFL Network and the um, the Sunday Prime stuff that he did. Um, you know, you, you, if you ball, you get the call. Did you ever see that yeah. stuff? Was Some you-
1: of it. I never watched
0: It, it was must-watch TV for me. I mm-hmm. loved that show. Mm-hmm. Because he would get on, he was after the games, he'd get on and he would call because he knew everybody. Right. So he was calling their iPhone doing, you know, um on his phone doing um on air uh, stuff. On air stuff. Yeah. And they're recording it and putting it on the air, you know, doing you know, just FaceTime with guys. Oh, that's fun. And he's and the line he had was, man, if you ball, you get the call. And it was great because he brought attention to people. Yeah. He's a lightning rod, and some people are not going to like him. We see that now, this Jay Norvell thing.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And that's, and I guess that's an estate thing. And I get that. I mean, he's poking the bear, it's kind of his job, too. So I'm not too upset with Jay Norvell, but time and place, buddy, because you're about to get whooped. But I also don't begrudge any of this attention that goes to Coach Brian. Yeah. I I'm rooting for the guy. I'm openly rooting for him. I I want to see if his son can win the high uh,
1: you know, I want to see Henry right next to him. Yeah. You know, on that award night because a two-way kid. Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal in this day yeah. and age. Just and don't.
0: In, it, it, they've got three players that are phenomenal future NFL players. Yeah, uh, Shadour Sanders is going to play in the NFL. I don't know that he'll be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's going to play. Uh, Travis Hunter is going to be an all-pro, and the running back Dylan Edwards is going to be a phenomenal NFL player. You know, I saw him play in high school.
1: Oh, is he from Lawrence?
0: He, he's from Derby. Oh, okay. Um, I saw him play. So uh, I called a couple of his games the uh, one year on Uclick with Tyler Jones. Yeah, we did two Derby games, we had them against Lawrence High, and we had them we did three of them. We had them against Free State, we had them against Lawrence High, and we had them against uh, Bishop Mm Yance. They lost to Free State, which they never lose to Free State. That was the Mm -hmm. first time Free State's ever beaten. Um, That was the year they lost three games. Like Right after the shoot, they lost three of the first five games, which, if you know a Derby High School in Kansas is like the most dominant program in the state. Uh, beat up Bishop Meage. We saw that game in person. It was fantastic. That was like they were, Meage was the number one team in six at the time. Derby had been number one for like three years in a row. And they got back in the top five when they won that game. And then the playoff, it was the semifinals. We called Derby versus Lawrence High. And that was the day Dylan Edwards decided, I want everyone to know how good I am. And he had the big game against Devin Neal. Devin Neal was a senior, or junior at the time, ran for like, he'd run for 200 yards in like eight games in a row. He only had like 89 yards against Derby, and Dylan Edwards went for like 325. Wow. He could be stopped. He was the best player on the field that day. And that was kind of impressive against that particular team, Lawrence High, and that he kind of out-dueled Devin Neal, who's now the star in Kansas So, I I think that Dylan Edwards is going to be in the NFL as well. I also love the way he runs screen passes. That was, I like, I look at the little things Colorado does. Mm -hmm. And this is why they're good. And this is why Coach Prime's a good coach. Yeah. They're not just a collection of athletes, they're a collection of football players. Huge difference. He's got extremely athletic football players. Yes. High IQ football guys. And here's the first thing you can tell. Watch when offenses run screen passes. It's not just they get the guy open in a spot and it's a good throw. It's He's open in the spot, it's a good throw, and everything's blocked well. Mm-hmm. But not just that it's blocked well. The back knows how to run behind the blocks. If the tackle is coming out on a, a left an edge block and doesn't get out fast enough, a lot of times the back will just get in front of him and get what he can get and hope that he can turn it back to the inside. And his speed is enough to beat a DV. That is not what Dylan Edwards does. And that was coached. I was watching the game against TCU and I saw it three times. It was okay. Yeah, the big guy's late getting out here because he's had to get the defensive end out of the way, get out for the outside release. And it was clear they've been coached. He's coming. Be patient with the run. It will slow down half a step, get behind him, and go. That's a little football nerd. but that's the stuff you look at, tell when a team is well-coached. This team is well-coached. I know his staff is a lot of guys who have been around in college football for years. They've been all over. He's got good coaches. Coach Prime does. Um, He's going to get excellent players. He's going to continue to get excellent players. They are for real. They're for real now. And they're talented and fun to watch. I don't begrudge Coach Pride any of this. And I no. think to those people who don't like him, it tells me one of two things. You either just don't like Deion Sanders, the man. Mm-hmm. You don't like the flashy stuff. Yeah. Or it tells me that you have another problem. And this particular person, I think that was part of it. Interesting. Yeah, I think that it was the people who don't like Coach Pry but do like Lane Kiffin.
1: Yeah, fair. Okay. You know,
0: you know, don't you know don't tell me you you oh well, you know, he's just being flamboyant. No, that's not what that is. Sure. That's different. So um yeah, I want to get out on that. So um, anything you got looking forward to or you, you got going here you want to talk, talk about real quick? I know we're going to try to get out of here a little early tonight. So
1: Yeah, no, we'll wrap and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what this weekend of football brings. It yeah. should be good.
0: Hey, don't forget, folks, if you're listening, check out the link in the show notes, to uh, get a little, uh, little something for DraftKings. Check them out. We appreciate their support. Did you get your package of goodies?
1: I did. Um had a lovely hoodie that I wore the other day, which was nice. I've got a couple of tees that I haven't tried on yet because it's been – fallish around here. So the hoodie was well appreciated.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah, we get occasionally get a little something from them and we appreciate when they do that. So I just said, hey, send it all to Ellen this time.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that, DraftKings and you. So, yeah,
0: thank you for that. Hey, I want to also thank uh, Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Uh, Most important, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Uh, real quick, if you are someone who listens to us on Stitcher and you're trying to find us, just go to one of the other podcast places. Somebody tried to tell me, I can't listen to you. You're not on Stitcher. Nobody's on Stitcher. It's done. <laughs> so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, check us out. We appreciate every five-star review. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Uh, We did hear your feedback on episodes going too long. So we are getting we are curving that so we're gonna to try to get more in in less time. So until right, till next time. I'm coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. that is EW no, EW Ellen Uh Have a great week. Remember your time tokens so and not phone well, let take care of.